Hi everyone, this is Yosef Siegel, and I want to welcome you back to the Amem Torah podcast. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Lech Lecha, and let's get right into it. So Parsha's Lech Lecha really marks the beginning of the Jewish people. We're introduced to the first Jew, our forefather, Avraham, and a whole new era of history uh, begins in this week's Parsha. And the Parsha begins with Hashem telling Avraham to go to Eretz Yisrael, and promising him that even though he's now leaving his birthplace, uh, he's leaving the place where everyone knows him, and he's going on the road to, to a place that's uh, not, not settled, and people won't know him as, as well, people won't know him at all, Hashem will always provide for him, and he will make him successful, and eventually is going to make him to a great nation, which is us. And all the stories told in Parshas Lechlecha illustrate this point. And I just want to bring... Uh, an example of one of these stories for the Devar Torah this week. And it's the story of the uh, battle of the four kings, or the war of the four kings versus the five kings. So in Perak Yudalid, uh, we're told about a war that takes place. There were the kings, the four kings, who controlled the countries of the five kings. And eventually the uh, five kings rebelled against the four kings. They had a war that lasted 13 years and went back and forth. And finally, in the 14th year, the four kings defeated the five kings and plundered their lands. And the, the Pasuk tells us that uh, one of the five countries that was defeated was the country of Sodom, which is where Lot, who was Avram's nephew, or at this time Avram is still called Avram, uh, so Lot lived in Sodom. And whether because he was the nephew of the famous Avram, or whether he simply because he was a resident of the country of Sodom, Lot was taken captive along with everyone else. So the news gets to Avram that his nephew has been taken captive, and he doesn't hesitate. And this is uh, Pasuk Yudalid, and as we said earlier in Perak Yudalid, 14.14. The Pasuk says like this, Vayishma Avram ki Avram heard that his brother had been captured, Vayarkes and he armed his, uh, his, he armed his guys, Yilidei Beso, who had been born into his house, Shimon Asar Shloshmeos, it was 318 of them, and basically Avram and these 318 men chased these four armies all the way to Dan, which is uh, far away. So basically, we look in the Pasuk, this is a tremendous miracle. We see Avram and his army of 318 men are able to defeat the armies of the four kings, who they themselves were able to defeat the armies of the five kings. So it's a tremendous miracle. Now Rashi brings a medrash that makes this miracle even more spectacular. According to the medrash, when it says 318 men in the Pasuk, it doesn't mean that Avram had with him 318 men. It means that he had one man whose Hebrew name had the gematria, the numerical value of 318, and that was Eliezer. Eliezer, as we'll see already in this week's Parsha and in the next few Parshas in uh, Sefer Bereshus, uh, he's Avram's most trusted servant, and he does so much together with Avram and for Avram. And this is the first instance where we see him mentioned. And basically, he and Avram by himself, by themselves, were able to defeat these four armies and save Lot. So, according to either way you want to explain the Pasuk, whether it's the simple explanation of 318 actual men, or whether it's the Medrash where it was just Avram and Eliezer, it's an amazing miracle. But if you use the Medrash, it becomes unbelievable. And the Kliyakar asks how this Medrash fits into the reading of the Pasuk. 
Now, what does that mean? So when it comes to Midrashim, there are some really far out Midrashim. Some of them are really crazy, unbelievable stories that just don't seem to have actually happened. But the important thing to remember about Midrashim, um, especially uh, Midrashim that have to do with the stories uh, in the Torah, is that they all can be traced back to a Pasuk. We learn out all these stories based off of the way the Torah is written, the words that are used, uh, the, the grammar, the tense. So you can legitimately ask on a story, even an unbelievable story like this one, you can legitimately ask, how does it fit into the reading of the Pasuk? Now, what's the problem with this story? Why does it not fit in the reading of the Pasuk? So first of all, according to the Medrash, the Pasuk is using a number to reference a person. Now, we see many times throughout the Torah where a person is referred to by where he comes from or uh, his lineage or maybe by just a hint, but never do we see a number. You know, we never see, oh, 220 is that, you know, and we're like, oh, it's that guy. Right, of course, he's 220. So the Pasuk saying over here that 318 corresponds to Eliezer uh, doesn't make sense. Second of all, uh, if you look a little later on, this is uh, Perikid Dalit, Pasuk Chaf Dalit. So Avram uh, you know, rescues the five kings from the four kings, along with Lot. And the king of Sodom comes to uh, uh, thank Avram, and he offers him a reward. He can take anything he wants. So Avram refuses to take anything for himself, but he asks that the men who came with him should receive something as a reward. So the question is that if he came only with Eliezer, if it was just him and Eliezer alone, then who else are these people, right? It says men, plural, in the Pasuk. So who are these men that came with him who deserve a reward? No one else fought. So he explains like this. Even according to the Medrash, it doesn't mean that it was just Avram and Eliezer. Avram had these 318 men with him. Because even when you expect a miracle, even when you know that Hashem is going to provide a miracle for you, you're still required to make uh, some sort of ishtadlis. You're still required to put forth some sort of effort uh, in congruence with the miracle. So the question then becomes, why did he choose 318? You know, why was that the right number? Why didn't he pick a nice round number like 320, you know, or 300, or 500, or 200, or 100, right? You know, maybe two against four armies is a little crazy, but 318 against four armies is also crazy. So what is significant about 318 that that's the number that Avram picked? And the answer is because of Eliezer. Now, what does that mean? Miracles come in all shapes and sizes. Some miracles are very obviously overtly supernatural, like Kriyas Yamsuf. It was a very obvious supernatural occurrence. But there are other miracles that uh, fade into the background of life. They seem to be typical events that happen in everyday life. Uh, this is what was so special about the miracle of Purim, that everything that happened in the story of Purim uh, theoretically could have been by chance. There was nothing in there that was overtly a miracle. And most miracles fall somewhere in between uh, where they can, you can still claim that it's a miracle, but at the same time, if you look hard enough or sometimes more easily, uh, you can come up with some sort of natural explanation uh, to why this happened. So when Avram fought against the four kings, this is a miracle that's a lot closer on the scale to Kriyas Yamsuf than it is to Purim. But he needed to do his ishtadlis. So how did he pick the number of people to bring with him? 
He picked Eliezer. He picked 318 men. Why? The literal translation of Eliezer in Hebrew is Eli, meaning my God, Ezer, is my help. He's saying that ultimately, it didn't matter how many men he brought with him, even if it had just been Avram and Eliezer, they still would have been successful. Because since Hashem was there to help them, nothing and no one could have stood in their way. But at the same time, he needed to do his Ishtadlis. So while he was doing his Ishtadlis, he wanted to uh, give a simon. He wanted to give a sign that he was still thinking about that help that was coming from Hashem. So he picked 318. He picked the number of men that correspond to Kali Ezer. God is my help. And this is just one of the first stories that we're going to learn uh, in Sefer Bereshis about our amazing ancestors. And I look forward to taking this journey with you throughout the entire Sefer and the rest of the Torah as well. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Uh, as usual, you can email me at amemtorah at gmail.com, A-I-M-E-M-T-O-R-A-H at gmail.com. Uh, that's where you can ask me questions and send comments. Uh, you can sign up for the weekly newsletter, which includes the written version of the Stavar Torah, as well as a MP3 download of this podcast. If you want to visit the blog directly, that's uh, oldideasforthemodernmind.blogspot.com, uh, which is the blog for ancient ideas for the modern mind. You could check out my website, hashkafahandbook.com, which is where you can uh, get the direct download of this podcast um, and also check out my book, Reality Check, the Handbook of Hashkafa. And of course, the podcast is also available on iTunes. You can search either my name, Yosef Siegel, or Amen Torah Podcast. You could check us out on all the uh, various social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Ancient Ideas for the Modern Mind. We're on Twitter, at Amen Torah. Um, and we're also on Google+. Have a great Shabbos, everyone. Have a great Shabbos. Shalom Looking forward to speaking to you all next week.